this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. God is really good, and uh, it's so good to uh, be in this place, in this environment, and what an awesome thing to come every Sunday and be in church, and God does have good plans. His promises are good, and He is good, and He promises good things. Uh, even when things don't seem it, He's working, as we've heard. He's orchestrating things. things. He's moving behind the scenes. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ, just remind you of that this morning, we are created, grafted together, living stones in the house, a valuable part of his body uh, and we uh, work together, that word workmanship, we get the same work prototype, you know, you're one of a kind, there's no one ever been like you, you're unique, there's no one ever be like you, connected to God, it says we are his workmanship created in Christ, in him and that's where we get to connect and get our uniqueness from is when we connect with Christ and I just remind you of that today because he's got good things for you and wants to use you for those things that he's already planned and we've been doing a series on our vision statement and today we're launching into reaching out. Uh, Reaching out is about sharing our faith. We've had great messages on reaching up. We've heard about prayer and fantastic message last week on worship and drawing near to God and Today we just move on from that natural progression of reaching up to worship God is to reach out because when you get filled with the love of God, just whatever's inside you is naturally going to flow out. So reaching out is about sharing your faith in Christ and sharing your personal experience of what God has done, sharing the gospel, the good news for everybody that Jesus saves people from their sin by Jesus Christ. And so we have this term in our church, we have a commitment called a weekly witness where we look and we just naturally happen, just God conversations, I like to call them God conversations, just randomly, wherever you're going through your day, we just, they just randomly happen and there's only one thing that uh, causes a party in heaven when the religious people and the teachers, the Pharisees were getting almost offended that Jesus was hanging out with uh, unrighteous people or sinners or tax collectors or prostitutes and they were getting sort of offended at him. He told a couple of parables, one about a lost sheep that wandered away from the 99 other sheep and the shepherd that went after him and found the lost sheep and there was rejoicing because he found his sheep that was lost and then he tells another story about a widow who loses a coin, a precious coin and she lights a lamp and she sweeps the house, searches the house and when she finds that coin, She calls her friends together and they rejoice and they celebrate because of what was lost was found. And Jesus says, he says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, over one person who turns to God, who turns their life to Christ, causes the angels in heaven all the way in heaven to have a little rejoicing party, to celebrate one person. And we have a great privilege, a great honour to partner with the Holy Spirit, to partner with God, to give 
experiences to people that cause that celebration, people that come to Christ. There's only one thing that causes a party in heaven and we are part of the process so many times. We're part of that process of someone coming to Christ. In Isaiah 60 verse 1 it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine. For your light has come. It's time to fire up a bit. Arise and shine. It's a saying that I use throughout the week at work. Come on, boys, let's fire up a bit here. Let's get this done. When I take the soccer field, if I'm playing, I played last season, I was 44. Everyone else was under 24 years old in the team. And I'm the only one. Come on, boys. Open up a couple of cans and fire up and let's get stuck into this. We have the fire of God on the inside of us. And as we connect with Him, as we worship, as we reach up to worship, it's that natural overflow is for that fire to come out, to love people with the gospel. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. The gospel is the glory. The story of Jesus is the glory with inside us. And it says, see, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. And what we have in Jesus is absolutely glorious. He is the hope of all mankind. He is the light of the world he is in us. And you could say that the world is covered in a darkness at the moment. Every one of you is wearing a face mask. Some of them are black, dark. The whole COVID thing wrapping the planet at the moment. And you think not long ago, people were in uproar about Black Lives Matter. People were getting passionate. Not so long ago, the American election and people are getting fired up about what's right and what's not right. And turmoil in nations, in the natural realm, this darkness, this turmoil going on. And the planet also has a spiritual virus at the moment. And that spiritual virus is called sin. And Jesus is definitely the cure for that virus. In Ephesians, talks about spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. You know, if you're having a bad day, just think about heaven for a little while. I like to do that. I like to think about heaven. Heaven is something not to be missed out on. In the beginning, God created the heavens and he created the earth. He created the natural realm. I shared some of this the other week. And then Paul talks in 2 Corinthians about this crazy experience of going into the third heaven or the highest heaven. And he says that he saw things and he heard things that he could not express and he could not explain and he saw paradise. And we've heard testimonies over the years. I mentioned Ian McCormack a few weeks back. A few years ago, I read a book about a young child, four-year-old boy in America who got appendicitis and was miraculously healed. What, he didn't, what his parents didn't realise was that he had this full-on heaven experience. And over the, the months that after his miraculous healing, he started to say really strange things about God things that he could not possibly have known. He saw angels dancing. He talked about meeting Jesus and he started to talk about things about heaven. He said that he met his older sister in heaven and his mum was just like, what? 
And he started to talk about his older sister and she'd had a miscarriage before he was even born. And she said to him, what is her name? And he said back to his mother, she doesn't have a name, you haven't named her yet. Incredible story. And then he talked about, and then his father got concerned and was worried about the grandfather, the dad's father, whether he made it to heaven or not. So he's asking his son, did you see this guy in heaven? And he showed him a photo of his grandfather. And the son said, there's no old people in heaven, dad. Good news for you right there. (laughs) Hey, hey. The boomers all went, praise the Lord. Anyway, he's starting to get worried. He hasn't, how is that? And then he gets a photo of when he's, his grandfather, or the, the, the dad gets a photo of his father when he's young, and he shows it to the, the son. And the, the, the four-year-old boy says, yes, I saw that guy in heaven. Heaven is real. And in between heaven and the natural realm, there's this other space. Some people call it the second heaven, but Bible doesn't really say that, but there's definitely a spiritual realm. Ephesians talks about spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, a darkness, a dark place, a spiritual place. That's where our enemy is. If you read in the book of Daniel, Daniel's praying. He's coming to the end of their captivity. He reads through the book of Jeremiah and he's reading about the end of their captivity. He starts to pray this prayer of repentance to the Father for the sins of the nation. And he's praying and he's seeking God and he goes on this fast and he's praying and an angel comes to him. And, he, and the angel Gabriel says to Daniel, he says, from the first moment you set your heart to pray, your prayers were heard and they were answered. But I have been detained these 21 days by the prince of Persia and Michael, the archangel, came to help me and set me free so I can bring the answer to your prayers. The prince of Persia, meaning a demonic force or an evil spirit that's trying to hold back your prayers, these forces of evil in heavenly places. And all authority has been given to Jesus and Jesus gives all authority to you. When you surrender to the cross, when you listen to a communion word like that and you say, I'm going to obey the Lord, praise the Lord, what have I done wrong? I'll get saved right now. Um, All authority, Jesus has disarmed principalities and powers. So that authority has been transferred to you in Christ. And so this is where we shine our light into darkness and darkness does not dispel light. The dark comes out when the sun goes down. When we shine light, darkness, well, he's got no authority over us. And Jesus says in, in Luke eleven thirty four, he says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. And so we've just done that series on reaching up to worship God, on focusing on God. The eye of your body is what you focus on. And what you focus on out of your heart, you will get words coming out of your mouth for whatever's in your heart. And he says, what your eye focus on, the eye is the lamp of your body and what you focus on. So as you focus on the Lord, as you focus on his word, what he is calling you to do, what he is speaking to you about, as you focus on him, light is naturally the result in you, the light of God, the light of the gospel. And as we maintain this focus, we just naturally overflow with him to people on the outsides. The natural outworking of reaching up is reaching out with the good news of the gospel. I have some guys that work for me. One guy I always just talk about the Tottenham Football Club, and I don't. I, I like football, but he just loves it, and he watches it, and he's just focused on Tottenham, and that's fine. And I don't think they're going to win the Premier League this year, but 
um, they almost could have. Uh, they got a great team, and he just he will, he will watch the game on the way to work. He just and other guys are just in a jet ski. So they're just focused on their jet ski, and they're just talking about. And just, I'm, I know if I go to work with those guys, we're going to talk about jet skis, and that's fine. It's recreation. It's good. That's what they're focused on. And if you've worked for me, you'll know that if you spend an hour in the car with me, we're going to have a God conversation. Where's Josh? He's not here. If it's Josh and he's saved, he still gets one. It's just what's in my heart. It just comes out. It's the natural progression of what is in your heart. In your heart. And so um, Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And then he says in Matthew 5.40, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house, in the same way, let your light shine before others. They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And letting your light shine and letting God out of you is just about doing good things, doing God good things, doing things for God, doing good for God. And if I look at Matt over here and his communion word a few weeks back and Josh is going to youth, then all Josh did was invite Matt to come to youth and now Matt is here in church learning all about God, connecting with God. That's how simple it can be. If you're doing something, just invite someone, invite someone to church, invite someone to your connect group, ring someone up. Reaching out is about actually following up your prayers with a phone call or an invitation or just meeting someone or doing something good. Uh, we, it just, it's just a natural thing that happens and it's also something that you plan to do. We plan the trip out to Lake Kajeligo to go out there, to do good stuff out there, to feed them lots of fruit um, because they don't seem to have much access to fruit, the, the children that come, to really bless the community, to pray for the community and to uh, share the gospel, to witness to them, to love on them, to pray for them. And so it's a planned thing. Um, but so often a God conversation is just right then. And that's how God works. It's just right now. And Jesus, when he's walking with his disciples one day, sits down at a well and they all go into town to buy food. And he's sitting there and a Samaritan woman comes out to the well, if you know the story. And she goes to draw water out of the well and he says, will you give me a drink? They're sitting by a well. He's been traveling. He's thirsty. And he asks her for a drink. And she is really, really surprised because she's a Samaritan and Jews don't associate with Samaritans. So he crosses this cultural divide. He bridges the gap between her culture and who he is. And he, he just starts, so simple, will you give me a drink, Frosty? Thank you. Will you give me a drink? That's just how simple it was. And she says, how can you ask me for a drink? You're a Jew. You don't talk to me. I don't talk to you. She's just amazed. And then he just turns it from water into living water. He turns the conversation from just a natural thing into a spiritual conversation about living water. And then he prophesies, he gets these words of knowledge about her husbands and about her life. And that whole town encounters Jesus. That whole town comes out. Eventually they all come out and he stays with them for days and they all encounter Christ because of a question, because of a, will you give me a drink? I got in a car once, I needed a lift. This guy gave me a lift. He's 
small talk, just who are you and what are you doing and what do you do with yourself, which is normal for Australians. And then he just started talking to me about who Jesus is. And my mindset was I'd never thought about who Jesus was. I just thought about who who Christian people were and they represented Jesus. So then that's who Jesus was. But that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is someone else. The story of the gospel is something else. And so he starts telling me this story and I don't remember his name. I don't even remember what he looks like or the car that, I think it was a red car. And I just remember the story and I hope that I see that guy in heaven one day and I'm able to just like, mate, you're awesome. That, you, just, you just were a massive stepping stone to me coming to Christ. Praise the Lord for you and you telling me who Jesus is. It's just a God conversation. We had Craig Stevens here. Uh, end of last year, and he's a natural evangelist. And one of his stories was he bought fuel, he walked into the service station, he paid for the fuel, and as he was paying for the fuel, he had a God conversation and prayed a prayer with the attendant that led him to Christ. Now that's, he's an evangelist, he's gifted, he does that all the time. He has just a natural confidence to do that. But I'm telling you, even if you're not naturally an evangelist, Paul says to Timothy, do the work, of the evangelist and grace is released when you surrender to whatever God is saying or whatever a scripture says. If you surrender and said, yep, I'll do it, God will give you the grace, he'll help you, he will give you words that you don't use and then you'll be talking to someone in wisdom above who you naturally could talk and then you'll be like, wow, this is definitely not me because I don't know that much. That's how it works. And so You don't have to have the gift of evangelism. You can be confident if you just choose to be bold in that moment and just start a conversation and believe in God. And it's so important that we just have this confidence and this faith to trust in God. And it's not a confidence and a faith based on just having a choice about a confidence and a faith. God is significantly ambitious. He wants everyone to be saved. He's just waiting for people. He's patient with people. He has got a significant dose of patience and love for people. So he's waiting for people to be saved. And so you can have a confidence that God's will will be done. You can have a confidence that the fields are right for harvest. Jesus said, look around. Don't you say four months and then the harvest? And he said, I tell you, the fields are right for harvest. I want to tell you this morning, people want to hear what you have to tell them about who Jesus is. They want to hear it. Even if they reject what you have to say, every heart, every spirit has eternity on the inside of it. There's a place in there that is longing for you to tell them, that is just craving truth, that is wanting something. And people are fill their lives with all kinds of different hobbies and all kinds of different things and they're just wanting God. And they don't even know it. And they're just waiting for your story. And it might take 14 goes or however many turns and encounters with someone telling them the good news before they actually come to Christ. You might be one of those people that share your faith or share a story about who God is and they just reject it. But deep inside, they're not actually rejecting it. They're not. Paul, when he gets to Rome, he gathers the Jewish leaders together. He's been sent to Rome. He's going to go to trial with Caesar. And uh, he gathers the Jewish leaders together. He's still got a bit of freedom at this point. And he shares the gospel with them. He shares about Jesus. And half of them accept it and half of them don't. And they argue with each other. 
and he rebukes them. He says something like, oh, you'll be ever hearing but never hearing, ever seeing but never perceiving. And he gives them a rebuke. And then he says this in Acts 28, 28. He says, therefore, I want you to know God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. It has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. It has been sent to you and it is getting sent through you to everyone that God is bringing to you. You've been sent. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Share what Jesus has done through you. And so often there's this space in between in our minds. I'm not good at that. I, I don't do that. That's for Craig Stevens. He does that. No, we're all called and Often people get caught up in their own life or caught up in some hurt or offence or some spiritual thing that's going on and they forget that we're called. It's the highest calling is to create a party in heaven, create rejoicing in heaven, is to work with God in sharing our faith, in sharing, our gospel, uh, sharing the gospel. Just naturally happens. The guy said to me uh, on Friday, oh, what are you doing on the weekend? Oh, I'm actually sharing in church. He's like, oh, all right. Oh, right. Oh, and then he started talking to me about all kinds of spiritual things about Buddha and about Muhammad and other religions. And then I'm like, Jesus is a pretty solid story. You know, of all the stories, if you look at the, the, the gospel story of what Jesus has done, and just this God conversation, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't ready for it. It just happened. Just then, right then, Friday afternoon after work, boom. Just because he was there and I was there. Arise and shine. Can I have the band come up, please? Arise and shine because your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises, rises upon you and God's glory is over you. And you don't want to miss out. You don't want to get left behind in what God is trying to get through. You don't want to get caught up in some spiritual battle or something that shouldn't have happened or should have happened. You want to walk in the grace that Jesus has for you and love people where they're at. We have this awesome story in our church years ago. It was around the same time that I, I came to Christ. There was like a mini revival going on. There was a whole group of us that came to Christ, from, uh, not from one group, from all different places. Anyway, this, this girl um, came to Christ and she had this friend, and she invited this, this friend to church. Now, this friend had been out in the bush, just doing a bush walk, just walking. And who knows, our pastor Ruth just loves to go bushwalking. And some of you know this story, you were there. Uh, and so this guy, Nazir, is just walking in the bush and meets Ruth. And she just takes the conversation, as she does, uh, and has a spiritual conversation. And his head is in all kinds of different spiritual things. And so after a little while, she's like, I'm not really getting through to him. I'm just going to speak truth. So she just says to him several times, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. She just gives him the truth. Bang, right there. Because the truth of God's Word actually has a cutting effect and, and it gets deeper than anything that can really get into someone's heart. So she says that to him like four or five times and just gets it in there. She just feels like, I've got to get this in there because all this other stuff is in there and I know if I get the Word of God in, then it'll get in there. And 
Fortunately for him, he also has a connection with this girl in our church, and so they'd gone to school together. And so he comes to church and he gets saved. And he comes for a while, uh, uh, just months, you know, maybe a year. It wasn't long. And after that little while, he, he sort of gets discouraged and he stops coming. And we see him sometimes and then we don't see him other times. And then you see him and he, instead of, like, we would all go out to Maccas and we had night church back then. And so we would go out, but he wouldn't come. He would often just walk home, um, which was from uh, West Gosford to Wyoming. It was a long way. We would try and give him a lift. Um, but he would say no and he sort of had his head down. He's sort of a tall guy and he wore a trench coat. And he sort of, you know, long black hair and just sort of a dude, you know, just a you know, nice guy. Anyway, he comes back to church one night and he gives his life to Jesus. And we're just like cheering. This is awesome. This is a great answer to prayer. And as some of you know, that was his last night. That was it. He passed away that night. And Ruth and and one of the other elders in our church, I think, went and prayed over him. I think Ruth was trying to raise him from the dead. Just a God conversation. Just a scripture. That guy is absolutely cheering. And whereas he's in eternity, it's been what, 15 or, I don't know, longer years. But just a God conversation and an invitation and eternity. Eternity. I know I've missed some good God conversations, but I don't let that stop me from having the next one. I've met some people, I've been too busy, I've just been focused on my work or focused on this thing or that thing, and I've thought, it's gone. Oh, can I have that opportunity back, please? Oh, just get the next one. Let's get the next God conversation. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.